0: If the Denver Broncos are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, they're going to have to find a way to limit Travis Kelsey. How might they do that? Well, we'll dive deeper that and much more on today's brand new episode. Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Denver Broncos are hoping to avoid losing 17 straight games on Sunday to the Kansas City Chiefs. Who are some players to watch? What are the keys to victory? Well, you're going to get all that and much more in today's brand-new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you once again to everybody in Broncos country. Shout-out to all the everydayers out there who make us your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever You get your podcast. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code, all lowercase, LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Sarah, my friend, hey. We're getting into the nuts and bolts here. The final touches here for the Broncos ahead of their Sunday matchup, Sunday showdown on what should be a chilly day at Empower Field, a mile high. And really, I think the key is looking at, okay, who are some players to watch for the Broncos on defense, offense? And obviously, we'll dive deep into our keys to victory. But let's start off with the defensive side of the ball here today, my friend, taking a look at players to watch. Now, Obviously, Denver is, I think, at a very, very good point right now. Defensively, they've improved drastically over the course of the last three weeks. You've seen that gradual improvement on the on-field product. You've seen it in the statistical output as well. But now also another sign is that Denver, for the most part on defense, they're fully healthy. That's a great sign coming into this matchup against Kansas City. So if I have to ask you, Sarah, who is your player to watch that you've pinpointed here for the Broncos defense on Sunday against Patrick Mahomes? And the Kansas City Chiefs, who you got?
1: Well, Cody, I think it's got to be P.J. Locke, right? I think we build off the momentum that he kind of finished the game against Green Bay with where he got that interception to kind of seal the victory there. And I think he's a player to watch for sure because, look, I mean, you have to look at the defensive backfield as an area that's going to be uh, getting attacked quite a bit against the Kansas City Chiefs. And P.J. Locke, I feel like, he could find himself in positions where, as you mentioned in the opening, maybe he at times is covering Travis Kelsey and maybe he's being tasked with you know, getting after him on a third down or stopping him short of the sticks and, and making a big play like that. I think especially with Kareem Jackson being suspended, P.J. Locke coming in has a real opportunity to kind of prove in a way like his long-term viability back there, right? I mean, you want to see a young player step up. We've been waiting for it to be Caden Stearns, right? But unfortunately, injuries have prevented that from happening. Maybe it's another former Texas Longhorn going out there in PJ Locke and making the plays and proving like, hey, maybe this could be something here. Maybe he could have some long-term viability next to a guy like Justin Simmons. So I'm looking at uh, number six out there, PJ Locke.
0: Well, and remember back in training camp, Vance Joseph said that PJ is like heavily in line for that third spot, like in terms of the safety rotation, like there is things that Vance Joseph and this staff have seen with him, but I always think it's great to go back to the point. PJ has been a guy that's been on Denver's roster since 2019. He's been around. He understands, okay, Hey, this is the team we've lost to consistently, but now his role is going to be different versus being the primary key special teams guy. He's now in a pivotal role to be one of the key safeties here in this game and look, I, we've, we've all seen Patrick Mahomes. He has a tendency to try to throw it Justin Simmons way, which Justin Simmons has intercepted him more than any player so far in the national football league. Will they try to take some shots and maybe try to test PJ a little bit? I'm very curious to see what type of game plan Vance Joseph has from a schematic standpoint, from a game planning standpoint, because also I think the benefit you get from PJ. And I think that this was a worry, like when Justin went out with his injury, you know, several weeks ago, we weren't sure what we were going to get from DeLarion Turner, Yale in pass coverage or also against the run. I feel like it's a little different now with PJ. I feel PJ can pass cover. We've seen him do that, but he also plays well against the run. So I think this is a good benefit to have. And obviously the players are very supportive of Kareem Jackson, but now PJ is going to have an opportunity. And look, Sean Payton, but uh, what was Sean Payton doing? Like, you know, we asked him, like, you know, is PJ going to step in the road? He's like, ah, you know, we, he might be involved in some package. Like he's not tipping his hand. Like, I think everybody with like two eyes and a brain says that, okay, hey, Kareem's out. Probably going to be PJ Locke is going to be going in because guess what? That was who went in on Sunday when Kareem got ejected from the game. So I don't know why he's trying to play so coy with us here, Sarah. Anyways, I digress here. I like that pick of PJ Locke. I'm going to go with another, you know, kind of fresh young face that is in the mix now here for the Broncos defense. I'm going to go with Baron Browning as one of my key defensive players to watch. Now, obviously, I think everyone's going to watch Jonathan Cooper, who sacked Patrick Mahomes in that last matchup against KC, Nick Benito. They did a really good job in that game of bowing the pocket around Mahomes, making it difficult for him to do some of the things he's done to really hurt defenses this season. But I'm going to add Baron Browning to the mix just because of the sheer Physicality that he brings. He's strong. And not only that, he's super explosive, right? So for him, his second game back this week, how does he factor into the rotation alongside Ronnie Perkins? And what type of impact might he be able to have against the Kansas City Chiefs, against Patrick Mahomes? To me, I'm excited to see Barron because he's another added wrinkle that adds a little bit more of a dynamic to trying to get after Patrick Mahomes, which if you're the Broncos, you have to do that defensively.
1: You do. And he looked quick. He looked. Fresh, he looked explosive against the Green Bay Packers. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him as well. I'm still looking forward to, I know there was some talk about some some sack celebrations that he's got in the works there, Cody. So I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing some of those because you're right, that pass rush off the edge was a huge reason why the last time the Broncos played the Chiefs, the defense was able to kind of keep them in the game as long as they were in it. So I'm really looking forward to Baron Browning and continuing to kind of see... just how the the pass rush rotation continues to unfold, right? For the Broncos, now that you've got, we've been talking up Jonathan Cooper, Nick Bonito, most of the season, those guys have played very, very well. But now that Baron Browning is in the mix, I've kind of got, I don't want to say an embarrassment of riches, but I I do think that you've got now an opportunity to really benefit the team over the course of a 60-minute game with bringing that pass rush in waves, as we like to say. So, Really looking forward to that aspect of this matchup, especially because the Broncos did have some success in the last time these two teams played.
0: That's going to be one of the biggest keys anytime Patrick Mahomes just has time to sit back there and dance around, scramble, roll left and right. I think Denver's got really good pursuit guys to where they they got guys that can chase him. That you know, I think you you worry about maybe some other guys around the NFL not being fast enough to keep up with him. I think Denver's athleticism at outside I think is a good little bit of a factor here that we should consider going into Sunday's game. Broncos country, let us know who your Broncos defensive players that you have your eyes on going into Sunday's matchup. Are you in agreement with Sarah and I on our picks? Who are your picks? We want to hear from you on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. We're going to shift gears, though, and we're going to look at the Broncos offense. Who are some players on offense that we have our eyes on specifically in Sunday's matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, you're going to get that on today's brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, they get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Once again, if you're a new customer, you can get $200 in bonus bets today guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or whether you lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now as the NFL season is in full swing. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. The Broncos this week are 7.5-point home underdogs against the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you think that they'll cover that? Well, FanDuel is the place where you can get in on the action. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL.
1: Taking a look at some Denver Broncos offensive players to watch against Kansas City. It was not pretty for the Broncos offensively just a couple of weeks ago when these two teams played. But, Maybe some uh, some different looks from the offense this time around. We're going to talk about our offensive players to watch right here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. But before we go any further, I want to give a huge shout out and say thank you to every single one of you that makes Locked on Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day right here on the Locked on Podcast Network, where you know it's your team every day, wherever and however you listen to podcasts, as well as free and available on YouTube so Cody and I would really appreciate if you would invest the the time and the the energy to subscribe like and share the podcast we love that and we really appreciate that and it's super valuing to us and we love to be able to bring this podcast to you every single day and discussing all aspects of the Denver Broncos win lose offseason whatever time of year it is so thank you to every single one of you that makes us part of your day however you choose to do so. Cody, offensive players to watch in this game. I think, honestly, you know, coming off these last couple weeks, the offense did a little bit better executing against the Green Bay Packers, especially upon a second watch. But they're going to need to be really on their P's and Q's here against the Kansas City Chiefs. Who's your top offensive player to watch in this game?
0: Well, you know, I think you got to go with the hot hand, right? And I'm going to go with wide receiver Cortland Sutton, who's emerged as the team's number one wideout target. He's made big plays in three consecutive weeks here for the Broncos. And can he continue to do that, right? And I think early on, like Cortland was on great pace, right? And then Denver hit a little bit of that lull uh, the last couple of games against obviously the Jets and the Chiefs in that first matchup. Obviously had the terrific one-handed catch for a touchdown in that Thursday night matchup here. But Cortland is a guy that just, I think so many people tend to discount just how explosive he is, right? And remember the narratives that we would consistently see that Cortland's just not fast. He doesn't have that. Well, according to the NFL Next Gen Stats against the Green Bay Packers, Cortland Sutton hit a top speed of 21.05 miles per hour on his first quarter 33-yard catch. That was the one down the right sideline there, Sarah, that you and I were talking about all throughout the week. It was the fastest speed among wide receivers in Week 7, and it was the second fastest among all ball carriers. Seventeenth fastest overall this season. Uh, for a guy, his size and stature, he's explosive, Sarah. He's got that ability to do the things that, you know, hey, like if you can get him downfield, take shots. What have you and I been talking about here consistently the last several weeks here on our Lockdown Broncos previews? We're saying, you know what? You got to get Cortland Sutton back to going downfield, being that 50-50 guy because he's going to go up and he's going to get it. Do the back shoulder throws to him downfield like that's where you can see success in. It's tough though, because here's the dynamic, right? As so much is contingent upon, like if Cortland's going to have success, Russell Wilson needs to be able to have time to sit there and throw in the pocket, right? If he's pressured and has to scramble around and if court's running deep, like that makes it harder for us to be able to have to throw to him because that's a risky throw. You're never going to telegraph something like that. So the offensive line has to be better. It kind of ties into this. But for me, my player to watch on offense is Cortland Sutton. He's the, in my opinion, the great equalizer here against a very good pass defense. Now, look, coming into this game, the Chiefs pass defense, they're one of the top-ranked units right now in the NFL. If I'm not mistaken, Sarah, looking at the weekly release packet, defensively, they're the sixth-ranked passing defense, only allowing 188.9 yards per game through the air so far this season. They have good cover guys, and I think a lot of it is based on Chris Jones creating pressure, Carl Loftus, we thought Frank Clark was going to be back with the Chiefs. That's not the case. He's back in Seattle now. So I for me, if Russ has time, I think you need to be able to utilize Cortland Sutton in some of those big contested b- jump ball catch situations because I have confidence he's going to win those more so than anybody on the Chiefs defense being able to out leverage him.
1: I agree, and I think it gives you just opportunities to maybe force those guys to make some mistakes downfield as well, right? I mean, they're an aggressive unit defensively, so just like we we've seen in the past with other teams, you know, like Cortland Sutton can draw some flags. So I think you want to take those shots and you want to give yourself opportunities at at worst and at best. Maybe you set yourself up with either a big play or a penalty there. So I'm all for taking the shots. And I think those shots are going to be set up by what I'm calling in this episode, Cody, the the holy trinity of running backs for the Denver Broncos right now. You've got Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin and Samaje Pirine. All coming off of very solid games against the Green Bay Packers right so those three guys they look explosive they're they're breaking tackles they are causing people to miss tackles they're converting you know big plays I mean it's the running game is finally getting going for the Denver Broncos and those three guys are all playing a role and not just in the running game either but in the passing game as well so you look back at that Green Bay game where yes, the team racked up 145 total rushing yards, and that was including some negative plays from Michael Burton and Marvin Mims. The running backs are playing extremely well. They're they're causing missed tackles in the open field, whether it's Samaj Pirine, you know, that that amazing broken tackle where it looked like he was going to go down, but man, that lower body just stayed put and he let the guy grab his shoulder pads a little bit, but he kept going and, and exploded forward or jaleel mclaughlin if you watch uh, baldy's breakdowns on twitter man he made a move on quay walker in in the middle of the field that just was absolutely insane i didn't even notice it in real time cody as it was happening but that's just how quick the guy is i mean he is insane and and i love this running back group javante williams looking so fresh out there and, and playing with with a chip on his shoulder right so I am really looking forward to seeing this running back trio once again, and the Broncos are really going to need them to step up in a big way. If the offense is going to get going here against the Kansas city chiefs in week eight.
0: And this might be the best realm to, to attack is Denver. We go back to it in that first game, that first half, they had 94 yards of total offense. 70 of those yards were on the ground and Denver was turning away. And I think on that first drive between Javante and Jalil. but you look at Kansas city coming into this game, they're the 16th ranked rushing defense right now. They're allowing over 105.7 yards on the ground. Denver's averaging 111 yards on the ground. That's a jump up in the recent weeks because Denver really hasn't committed to the run so far this season. They have a chance to continue to do that. And you mentioned Javante. I want to mention a stat here. Once again, from NFL next gen stats, Javante Williams, he had 82 yards on 15 carries, which was plus 33 RYOE. So for those of you that don't know what that means, in the NFL Next Gen stats, run yards over expected. That was the most in Week 7, and he was the only running back in Week 7 to see a stacked box on 40% or more of his carries and still generate plus 10 or more run yards over expectation there. So, I mean, just once again, Javate, Sarah, He's back back. And I think that the Broncos have to continue to ride with him, Jalil, and Samaje. That's the combination. I think that opens up where Denver's at. And look, I once again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but with Denver not having a viable option in the tight end at the tight end position, you have to have the run game going, or else you become one dimensional with just trying to throw to wide receivers like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, because it's easier for defense to game plan and take away those options. I don't like that, and we saw that in that first game overall against Kansas City. Denver was just so one-dimensional, and I'll be very, very curious to see because I do think that there were several times the offensive line in that first matchup. Chris Jones, just he's a different type of level of player, and he got the best of Quinn Miners on a couple of plays against the run, shooting inside the gap there. And we'll see if uh, we'll see if Denver brings it in. Can they maybe capitalize on Nick Bolton not being out there here? for Kansas city is obviously you and Chris Clark touched on on yesterday's crossover Thursday episode where he's going to be out six to eight weeks because he had wrist surgery there. And he's kind of been a little bit of a boogeyman for the Broncos and some of the matchups that they've had in recent years, but I'm with you. I like the picks. I think that you have to absolutely go with the Holy Trinity of, you know, the stable of Broncos running backs. You got to go with that in this Sunday's game against Kansas city, because that's going to give you the best balance on the offensive side of the ball to be able to open things up. I think that'll help out Russell Wilson in the passing offense. And more important, I think it'll help the offensive line in protection if they do have good rhythm and good balance on Sunday. Broncos country, we want to know what you think about the offensive side of the ball. Which players do you have your eyes on specifically in this game? One thing we are going to dive deep into on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube or wherever you can listen to them for free, we're going to dive deep into the Broncos keys to victory on Sunday against the Chiefs. You're going to get that on today's brand new episode of the show. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports done the right way. Prize Picks is the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and then you place your entry. It's that simple and testing my skills on Prize picks. This football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into 250 with just a few taps. Not only that, it's super simple to play at price picks. I can make my picks and I could submit them all in under 60 seconds. One thing I like about Prize picks, they also offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday, where each Tuesday, Prize Picks they discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value to those of you that are playing and they also offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go to prizepicks.com/lockdownnfl and use code Lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepicks.com/lockdownnfl and use code Lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Today's episode of the show is also brought to you by our friends over there at DoorDash. And look, folks, you all know Sunday's big game against the Broncos and Chiefs. If you're not able to make it out to the stadium, you're sitting there at your house and you're watching. Why not take advantage of DoorDash? Whenever the game clock stops, that's the time to order in with DoorDash. Order chips, dips, nachos, or anything else that you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Now, if you're in the Denver area One of my personal favorites to order, not even just on game days, but any other day of the week. I love myself some illegal pizza. I always get myself a burrito. I double pack it with protein, rice, some queso inside of it, and that's what I use, especially on days where I'm watching Thursday night football, Monday night football, any day that has football on it. DoorDash is part of my game day routine. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All, you get all your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery. They're all in the app so you can shop for everything that you need to get game day ready. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and you enter code lock 23 Subject to change. Terms apply. Don't forget to use code LOCK23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change. Terms apply. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, once again, I want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country, everyone who makes us your first listen, and a special shout out to all the everydayers out there. Thanks so much for rocking with us. We appreciate you so much here for making us part of your daily routine, covering all things orange and blue here. Well, let's get into our keys to victory here, Sarah, on today's episode of the show. And obviously, Broncos country, as you're listening, as you're watching, as you're following along, you want to share your your keys to victory, drop them in the YouTube comments. We love to highlight them. We love to be able to talk and share our thoughts with it. And also, you know, there's been some Chiefs fans that have been jumping in the mentions and nobody is counteracting them. Got to change that, Broncos country. Anyways, on top of that, Sarah, I want to start things off. Let's look at the offensive side of the ball. I want to ask you here, when you're looking at this game on Sunday, in your opinion, what is your key to victory for the Broncos offense if they're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs here this upcoming weekend?
1: Well, I talked about this with Chris Clark as well, Cody, but I mean, it just feels like the Broncos can't get out of their own way anytime they play Kansas City, right? And I guess that feels like that over the last handful of years against a lot of different teams, but specifically against Kansas City. Just the the worst possible mistakes at the worst possible time. So offensively, specifically, is where I'm looking for a clean game. We know Sean Payton did some uh, driving around the parking lot as he went to go get sushi or before he went to go get the sushi against after the game against the Packers. And he's just kind of, you know, uh, racking his brain to figure out how can we get that perfect game or how can we get that really, truly clean game? And I think it just comes down to execution. It comes down to not getting in your own head about, man, we're playing the Kansas City Chiefs and we've lost 16 straight games against this team. The Broncos have to stay out of their own way if they're going to beat Kansas City especially offensively. Now defensively, Cody, I think you've got to limit their opportunities in your territory, right? That was a it was a great game by the Broncos 2 weeks ago when they held Kansas City to 4 of 13 on third downs and 1 of 5 in the red zone, things like that. But Kansas City was still able to get how many field four field goals and a touchdown The Broncos have to limit their opportunities on the other side of the 50, right? They want to make sure, hey, you're getting off the field defensively. You're not just bending, but not quite breaking. You're getting off the field earlier on in these drives and not allowing Kansas City to sustain drives because, you know, they did still convert a number of third down plays. They still did get they they had great starting field position for a lot of the game the Broncos have to make sure that they're not allowing Kansas city to consistently get into their defenses territory and really limiting those opportunities to even get three points.
0: I'm with you there too. And and that's the frustrating thing, right? And and one of those field goals from Kansas city, it came because Sean Payton did a, a horrible thing in terms of using a timeout when he probably shouldn't have and allowed, what was it? A 60 yard field goal right before halftime. Okay. Well, there's that outcome would have maybe been eight to 16. Maybe the flow would have been a little bit different. Harrison Butker right now coming into this game is the top kicker right now in the NFL. Like he hasn't missed a single kick all season long when we talk about efficiency. And and right now, obviously, we all know the advantage, the altitude plays. So is Harrison Butker going to come into Denver and just boom it here once again? I think maybe those landmarks when you talk about where you want to get them on the other side of the field, like because of the altitude advantage, now that might have to be a little bit further back than you and I had previously anticipated in terms of getting stops fourth down. As we know, Kansas City, they love to be creative. They'll go for it on fourth down in situations. They'll try to run the fake field goal, or the fake punt here. So Denver has to be on their P's and Q's this week in those special teams like situations. But more importantly, I agree. Maybe you don't find yourself in those situations. If you can continue the trend of being good on third down, being good inside the red zone there where the Broncos communication has been much better over the course of the last three weeks. I like those keys to victory for you. Now, for me, I'm going to go on the offense and defensive side of the ball. First off, starting with offense, I think running the football is the key to sustainability here for the Broncos. So this kind of ties into your players to watch the Holy Trinity of running backs, as you had mentioned here Running the football has to be the emphasis this week for the Broncos, and I don't care how you do it. And I think the thing that we maybe have seen from Sean Payton, and this is my biggest worry here, Sarah, about Payton right now in his first year back calling plays and, and being back in the mix, is is he, is he afraid? Of, like, is he too stubborn? Is he afraid of, okay, well, hey, this is working. Can we stick with this? Or is, is he trying to show off a little too much? I've gotten the vibe at times watching him call certain plays. It's like, why did you do that? Like, I'm sorry, you don't need to do the double reverse against the New York Jets to Marvin Mims. You don't need to do the end-around reverse to Marvin Mims this past week against the Green Bay Packers. You need to find a way to put the ball in your best playmaker's hands. And in order to be able to open things up, it all starts here with the run game. And I'm talking about outside run, being able to run inside. Kansas City's defense does a really good job of flying to the football. Steve Spagnuolo has them playing in some great spots right now. So running the ball to the outside is going to be hard. But if you can come in and maybe collapse and kick out a guy, And we've seen with Jaleel McLaughlin, his vision, his ability to contort his body in a sense. I think that Denver can capitalize in the run game here. And if they can do that, they'll find sustainability on the offensive side of the ball. And more importantly, this gives them the best chance to put up points or even come away where they can come up and kick field goals in this game if they can't score touchdowns. Now, obviously, we all prefer touchdowns over field goals, but scoring points is better than not scoring any points against Kansas City. You will take what you can get, and it all starts with putting your guys in a position to succeed defensively look I know this may sound cliche but I think that the Broncos once again what they did well in that first game they have to bow the pocket around Patrick Mahomes. and you're thinking what does that mean Cody well basically it's not getting too far upfield to where he can attack underneath it's attacking and kind of curving it to where if he tries to step outside You can step laterally at a 45-degree angle and make sure he doesn't get outside of you while still maintaining contain. Make it hard for him to have to step up and being able to throw. Like That's the thing with Mahomes. He can step up into the pocket. He can escape from underneath. And if you bow it perfectly, I think in the Broncos did that several times in that last matchup, you make it hard for him to see the windows as things are going on. It allows you to get your hands up and deflect things at the line of scrimmage. So for me, the Broncos defense has to bow the pocket because if you do that, We've seen him kind of play a little reckless with the football, just throwing it up saying, heck, Travis Kelsey's down there somewhere. Let's throw it down there. So for me, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And I think cliche enough, part of that is if you can limit the impact that Travis Kelsey has in this game, then I think, you know, Denver's going to have a good chance. But Sarah, here's the dilemma. Here's the challenge. 31 other teams around the National Football League have not figured out how to stop Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey together he's going to more than likely get his unless Taylor Swift breaks up with him before the game. We'll see if that's you know something that's in the cards here. But Broncos country, we appreciate you so much for rocking with us on today's episode of Locked On. Broncos Denver, relatively healthy going into it this week. Make sure you let us know down below your keys to victory if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you send us a line on Twitter, on threads, at Cody OrkinFL, at Sarah Bettinger.com at Lockdown Broncos. Broncos Country, we appreciate you so much. We'll see you after Sunday following the Broncos game against the Chiefs and Power Field at mile high. And, oh, by the way, if you're going to the game, wear something warm. It's expected to be cold, and hopefully the Broncos can maybe snap this streak and prevent it from being 17 straight games where they lose to Kansas City. We'll see you after the game, Broncos Country. Have a good one.